Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome right. to New York. Oh. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of of Mind Podcast, podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Devils fans, what is going on? It is your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. I hope you've gotten off to a great start like the Devils have had so far here in the year 2022. This is our first episode of the calendar year of 2022. Super, super excited as always to share my content with you guys. Thank you guys as always for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I do greatly, greatly appreciate it. Folks, we had a lot to talk about. Got a lot to talk about, a lot of interesting things to talk about. Um, and obviously, we always are going to, you know, recap the, the Devils games. Uh, they've already had a couple games since the last time we spoke. They've certainly gotten off to a good, they finished 2021 on a high note and got off to a good start in the year 2022. Uh, there's also uh, something that, um, there. I don't want to say it would be like a rumor, Necessarily, I would say it's more of like basically, you know, what I think could potentially be a, a possibility uh, for a potential outdoor game for the Devils um, next season or, you know, this this next hockey season. Um, and also, which I'm, I would kind of imagine by now you guys already know, but I'm going to make a special uh, announcement at the end of this episode as well. So, like always... We have a bunch to get to on this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we're going to start with our usual game recaps. Um, And we're going to start with the Devil's game on New Year's Eve 
against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I actually was on with my good friend, uh, Isha Jeromey, who is one of the hosts of uh, the Soda Podcast, uh, the Soda Pod, which covers the Minnesota Wild, and also one of the co-founders um, and co-head honchos of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, we did a live watch along for this game between the Devils and the Oilers. And w- when you go into this game, you you know, the expectation was this. The Devils had come off beating the Buffalo Sabres 4-3 to in their first game back after the uh, extended uh, holiday break. And you kind of went into this one saying, all right, this is definitely going to be a tough matchup. Even though the Oilers were coming in on a seven-game losing streak, they still had the likes of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And that's pretty much is about it. But still, those two guys are dangerous enough where they can win games on their own and help the Oilers get get themselves going. And the Devils obviously wanted to come into this game and try to, you know, end 2021 in at you know all together on a high note. And we we got some um we got some sad news. Well, not sad. We got some uh some frustrating news prior to the start of this game. We found out that Lindy Ruff was put into the COVID-19 uh, protocols. Uh, at the time of this recording, he is asymptomatic. Uh, so he's feeling you know, perfectly fine, which is good. Uh, and we'll see how long it takes for him to, uh, to be able to come back. So Elaine Nazardine, who has already been the interim head coach, so to speak, for the New Jersey Devils, if you remember when he took over after John Hines was fired uh, during the 1920 season, uh, he is going to be taking over from this point on until Lindy Ruff comes back. So in kind of a funny way, a kind of funny twist of fate, we are technically getting a new head coach, um, but only temporary, and he's an interim uh, head coach nonetheless. But I knew how the Devils had played relatively decent when Nasser Dean was the head coach, uh, the interim head coach, uh, the first time. So I felt like that maybe the team could, you know, have the same type of success that they did the first time with Nasser Dean uh, with this time around. And right away, right away, ladies and gentlemen, the Devils got off to uh, what you'd say a pretty exciting start. 98 seconds in, a minute 38 into the game, Devils on the power play. A great pass from Dougie Hamilton over to the right side to Jack Hughes. He buries it, beautiful slapper, past the goaltender Mike Smith into the back of the net, and the Devils grab the one nothing lead. That gives them, I think it was what, like four power play goals in the last five games. So all of a sudden, our power play is actually starting to do pretty damn well. And I'm pretty... uh I'm pretty taken aback by it all. I, I don't know how to feel about it. And the Devils power play in general over the last couple of games has just looked a lot better. So maybe, you know, getting a break that, like they did, a nine-day break was something that um, they definitely needed. But the uh, the lead did not last long. Uh, 50 seconds later, Connor McDavid was able to tie it on a sharp angle shot from the left side. Wide open. I don't know how we leave Connor McDavid wide open, but uh, he ends up scoring his 18th of the year. Jack Hughes' goal, by the way, was his seventh of the season. But the the uh, the teams were not done scoring uh, at that point. As Nico Heischer, uh, the captain who's growing a beautiful, beautiful mustache right now. If you haven't seen it, just look up pictures recently from the devil's um you know social media account you can see just this beautiful mustache that he's that he's rocking right now he scored the next goal it was kind of where it went through the legs of mike smith and slowly crept over the line and into the back of the net and the devils were able to grab the two to one lead with nico Heischer getting his fourth of the year 
But then, unfortunately, a nice tip-in by Kyle Yamamoto uh, was able to help the Oilers tie the game up um, just six minutes into the game. So if you look at it, we are six minutes in, and we've already had four goals, and the game is tied at two. But Dawson Mercer, who we haven't heard from you know, that much of late, he's really, really gone, uh, really gone cold, was able to get himself a goal a little bit more than halfway through the period. And as a result, the Devils were able to grab the 3-2 lead at the end of the first period. So a five-goal first period. And I looked at that and I said, well, let's see uh, if things continue to pick up as this game uh, progresses. And things, um, they didn't really pick up in the second period. The only thing that happened was that about eight minutes into the period, Connor McDavid got a breakaway opportunity, and he just went top shelf over the right shoulder of Mackenzie Blackwood, scoring his second goal of the game, his 19th of the year, and he tied the game up at three, and that took us to the third period. So you go into it. It's already been an exciting game. Six goals, tied at three. Let's see how this ends up playing out. And the Devils got off to a pretty, a really, really solid start, a little more than five minutes into the third period with Yane Kuokinen, who also – is starting to heat up a little bit, getting his fifth of the year on a nice one-time one-time shot off a great pass from Andreas Johnson, and the Devils were able to get the lead back to make it five to four. So at this point, at this point, the Devils have now gotten the lead four different times, um, and you were just wondering, were the Devils ever going to be able to grab a lead and hold on to it? Well, unfortunately, that was not going to be the case as a little bit more than a minute and a half later, uh, I believe it was, if I'm trying to remember correctly, it was Devin Shore who got just his second goal of the game of the season was able to tie it at four and the game and in Solison it's four, four and the devils had a lead, not once, not twice, not three times, but four times and still could not hold on to the lead. And then we go to the most ridiculous set of circumstances I have seen in a hockey game in quite some time. It came about a minute, a minute 10, a minute 15 after Shore had tied the game. It started with Yamamoto got tripped in front of the net as the Oilers were trying to get the next goal. Uh, the trip was on Dougie Hamilton, I believe. So the arm was up. So clearly there's a penalty. But after the ref put his arm up, Dougie Hamilton touched the puck. Now, with the way that I know the rules of hockey, once the team who's the, who the penalty is going to be on touches the puck, play stops, and then we get um, we get the announcement for the penalty. Well, that was not the case in this situation, as the Oilers still were playing with the puck without the whistle being blown, so that was kind of strange. And then you had a situation where Duncan Keith got the puck. He tried to make a cross-crease pass over to Leon Dreisaitl. It was broken up for a second, or at least slowed down by Jack Hughes. But again, no whistle. Don't get that. Don't get it at all. But then Dreisaitl gets the puck anyway, passes over to Kyle Yamamoto. He deflects it into the net to get his second goal of the game, his seventh of the year. And all of a sudden, it's 5-4 Edmonton. But I'm freaking out because I'm saying no. That goal should not count. And the Devils agreed with that assessment because they were also arguing that, wait, we touched the puck not once but twice. So the play should have been dead. That goal should not count. Elaine Nasserdine was arguing with the ref. And eventually, the refs went to center ice and said that the Devils were going to be challenging the play. Um, at least that's what I thought the ref had said. He, it, it, it seemed like to me that the refs 
were having trouble communicating very well, which was, which I mean, I guess is really not a surprise considering how bad refereeing is in sports in general. But we sat there as fans, everybody watching the game, we sat there for about 10 minutes. And finally, the rep takes off the headset, comes out the center heist and says, after reviewing the play, which wasn't even that, they determined that the challenge was unreviewable. So the goal counts. There's no penalty, which is which is great because obviously because the Oilers scored, um, the penalty is negated. But the goal counts, and the Oilers get the five to four lead. And we sat there as everybody had said, "You mean to tell me that you just spent ten minutes looking at a replay to tell us that this was not reviewable, that the whole situation was not reviewable? What the actual hell is wrong with NHL refs that they could get that bad?" I know they've made bad calls before, but to go that long, and you can hear it from all the broadcasters as well. They, you know, Steve Cangelosi was literally reading the rules on television. They showed it on TV, the rule about if the team that the penalty is going to be against touches the puck, play is dead, and you move on. It doesn't have to be a firm touch of the puck. You just have to tap it. But the refs just allowed it twice where the Devils touched the puck, they just continued to allow the play to happen, and they eventually allowed Kyle Yamamoto's second goal of the game to count. So at this point, with about 11, 13, 11 and a half minutes to go in the game, it's 5-4 Edmonton. And I remember sitting there and saying to myself, damn, the Devils are going to end up losing this game on a crappy, crappy goal like that. I'm not arguing the goal, and I was not arguing the penalty. I was arguing the fact that base that the Devils touched the puck twice on that sequence and nothing and the play wasn't stopped. That was my biggest issue. But the Reds decided to let it play on. So at this point, I'm sitting there and saying the Devils really just need a miracle. I mean, it, it sounds ridiculous, but it just felt like that the Reds just completely took the game out of the players' control. And it felt like to me the Devils really were going to unfortunately dropped this one but the devils continued to press throwing everything they could eventually they pulled Mackenzie blackwood for the extra skater and with 32 seconds left Yegor sharon govich on a beautiful deflection from a shot by dougie hamilton at the point tied the game up at five to force overtime sharon govich getting his sixth of the year his second goal in two games so that's goals in back-to-back games and the game goes to overtime. So at this point, I'm thinking, well, at least we're going to get a point of this. But I still was like, I was worried that the Oilers were still going to find a way to win this game because of just everything that was going on. And the Devils had not one but two breakaway opportunities with both Brett and Jack Hughes, and neither one of them could convert. So I felt like, especially with guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl on the ice, that it was only a matter of time before the Oilers were going to get an opportunity to score. And then we get to, with about Two minutes to go in the overtime period. The Devils are in the offensive zone, kind of wheeling, you know, circling the puck around. And Jack Hughes finally gets the puck on the left side. He's got Connor McDavid right in front of him. He uses him as a screen, takes a wrist shot that it looked like Mike Smith had, but he kind of fell back and the puck ended up in the back of the net. And the Devils win the game in overtime, six to five, with Jack Hughes getting his second overtime game winning goal. This season, his second, um, his, se- uh, his second of the game, right, and his eighth goal of the year, and the Devils, with an impressive comeback, despite all that crappy adversity, 
were able to win this game six to five. And it was just such a, it was just such a relief in a way. It, it felt like more like a, a relief uh, than anything else. So the Devils were able to get the victory and we could just look at it and go, okay, they were able to get through that. It's all good. It's all good. And so with the win, the Devils moved to 12, 15, and 5. And you just look at it. That's two wins in a row to finish off the year 2021. The team has looked a lot better, scoring a bunch of goals. I mean, that's 10 goals in two games. Obviously, the defense slash goaltending hasn't been as great. But still, to fight through a lot of adversity, to still find a way to win these games was absolutely huge. That was a big win for the team, pushing the Oilers losing streak to eight games, which is now, I believe, nine because they did lose to the New York Islanders um, on Saturday. And so now I believe uh, the Oilers' next game is on Monday against the Rangers. If they lose that one, their losing streak in, in total goes to 10 losses. So the Oilers have really been struggling of late. But still, a big victory for the Devils on home ice to get themselves going and moving themselves in a position where they could have even more confidence going into the game against the Washington Capitals. And now speaking of the Washington Capitals, let's recap Sunday night's game, or Sunday afternoon's game, excuse me, against the Washington Capitals, a team that the Devils went an impressive 0-8 last season and have not won, at least this time, had not won a game against the Capitals since February of, I believe it was, yeah, February of 2020. So a couple of weeks before we entered the COVID-19 pandemic. And the Devils hadn't even won a game in Washington since like early January of 2020. So obviously the Devils were looking to try to end some streaks and get a victory against a very talented Washington Capitals team. Again, Lindy Ruff still out uh, due to COVID protocols. And again, he's asymptomatic. He's okay. Elaine Nazardine will continue to take over as the head coach. Um, Moving forward for the time being, we got to, I guess you could say the Devils got somewhat of a break with both TJ Oshie and Nicholas Backstrom being out with non-COVID illnesses. So the Capitals were obviously a little bit, I guess you would say banged up or they were a little bit shorthanded going into this one. But the Devils still knew that they had a mountain decline facing up against the great one, Alexander Ovechkin, and a very, very tough, very physical and super talented Washington Capitals team, especially in our nation's capital, in Washington, D.C. But the Devils got off to a, a really good start in this one, a little more than seven minutes in. Yegor Sharon Goldvich again, getting his third goal in three games. That's a three-game goal streak for Sharon Govich. He was able to score on a nice rebound off the shot from Jack Hughes and give the Devils a one nothing lead. Sharon Govich just continuing to play better. You could see the confidence getting you know larger and larger for him. That was his seventh goal of the year. And most importantly, the Devils were able to grab the one nothing lead. But then almost a little bit more than a minute later, Damon Severson off a nice feed from Dawson Mercer took a shot from the left side on a sharp angle that beat Samsonov far side and into the back of the net. And it's two nothing Devils. So at this point, not even halfway through the first period, the Devils are up to nothing. Again, getting off to a really, really good start. And you loved it, especially against a team like the Washington Capitals, who you've had very little success with over the last calendar year. But the Capitals were able to get one back late in the period when Jersey native John Carlson got himself just his eighth goal of the year 
where he basically, you know, just took a wrist shot and hit the top post over the left shoulder of Blackwood into the net. And it's two to one Devils at that point after one period of play. So even though, even though uh, the Capitals scored late in the period, I still felt pretty confident. But we did get some frustrating news um, during that period. And then we eventually found out later on how um, the front, you know, the, the official confirmation of it all. Dougie Hamilton played about four minutes or so of this first period before a Justin Schultz uh, shot deflected off of Nico Heischer and right into the face jaw area of Dougie Hamilton. And Hamilton left the game, went down the tunnel and did not return. And he actually ended up, as we later on found out after the game, he ended up going to the hospital. So a lot of us are assuming that it's just uh, for precautionary reasons. The hope is, is that it's not too severe. Nazardine said that uh, Dougie Hamilton's doing okay. And we'll see if we'll get some more information later on this week. Hopefully it's not like what Nico suffered last year, ironically against the Capitals as well, where he broke his jaw, broke his nose, and also got a concussion. It was just a bad situation all around. Um, hopefully Dougie Hamilton is not out uh, too long. Hopefully he can, he can come back as early as the next game on Tuesday against the Bruins, but we shall see. But clearly the Devils were going to be shorthanded down a defenseman, uh, moving down to five defensemen for the rest of the game. But you go into the second period and just 22 seconds in, El Capitan, Nico Kishir, with a beautiful deflection from a Damon Severson shot, is able to score and give the Devils the two-goal lead back making it three to one with Nico now getting goals in back-to-back games, his fifth of the year, the captain is starting to heat up. And I'm telling you guys, it's mustache power, baby. Ever since he grew that mustache, he's, he's been playing so much better. So Nico, if you're listening to this podcast episode, my friend, keep the mustache. Don't do anything else with it. Keep the mustache because right now you got the juju going, but the devils took that three to one lead into the third period. So going into the third, all you know, we all looked at it and said, okay, all the Devils got to do is get one more goal here, make it four to one. That's going to put this game away. And the Devils had a couple of good opportunities, particularly with you know, seven, eight minutes in. The Devils got to take away in the offensive zone. Jesper Boquist all alone took a great shot, but an even better save by Samsonov denied him. That would have made it four to one. And then unfortunately, later on, Nick Dowd would end up scoring on where he took the shot, it popped up in the air, and he kind of whacked it again off the chest of Blackwood and in, kind of one where I felt like Blackwood should have had it. But however you want to look at it, the Capitals scored, and all of a sudden it's, well, not all of a sudden, but it is now three to two. And I was sitting there going, oh, we're going to blow into the lead, aren't we? We're, we're going to do the same thing. And I'm like, I get to the point where I'm just expecting it, and it's very, very frustrating that we all expect it to happen. And unfortunately, that would end up being the case a little bit less than three um, minutes later. Connor Sheary was able to score to tie the game up at three. And here's the problem with that third goal. Mackenzie Blackwood, he got the, sh- the original shot. It was kind of just dumped into the zone. And I, he was looked like he hesitated as to whether he wanted to cover it or play it. He tried to play the PK Subban. He whiffed at the puck. And Lars Eller intercepted it, gave it over to Sheary on the other side, wide open, and he scored. I mean, it was one of the worst plays I've seen Blackwood make in quite some time, and it was unbelievably frustrating. But it was also like, well, unfortunately, we kind of expected it. And, and the Devils definitely, for the most of that third period, 
were outplayed. The Capitals came into that third period with a mission to try to get themselves back in this game. And that's exactly what they did. And as a result, the game ended up having to go to overtime. And even though the Capitals going into it were 0 for 6 uh, in overtime and the Devils were 3 and 1, I still didn't feel all that confident. I felt like all the momentum had clearly gone to Washington and they were going to find a way to, uh, to get that next goal and win the game. But the Devils, with about two minutes to go in overtime, they have the puck. Good, good job by Jack Hughes to intercept it. He kind of backhands it, or more or less does a spin around, makes a pass over to Nico Kishir, waits for a second, and then snipes it far side, beating Samsonov into the back of the net. And the Devils, despite blowing a two-goal lead in the third, end up winning the game in overtime by the score of 4-3, to three, with Nico Kishir getting his sixth goal of the year, second of the game, and third in the last two games. And the captain sends the Devils to Boston with a three-game winning streak, their longest winning streak since early back, I think it was back in like early November the last time. So this is the second three-game winning streak we've had this year. But the Devils, it is frustrating that you gave a, a point, um, at least one point to a divisional opponent, but still, to get that second point and still win the game and get that three-game winning streak is absolutely massive. Big win for the Devils. They actually ended up out shooting the Capitals 37 to 30, but I still don't feel like uh I still I still really don't feel that you know shots on goal mean a whole lot. It's more about the scoring chances. Also interesting, there were only two penalties called this entire game. Both teams had one power play, and that was about it. So I kind of was surprised. Um by that, but the Devils actually also outshot. Funny fact: the Devils actually also outshot the Capitals three nothing in the overtime period. The Capitals at times in this game kind of looked slow. They didn't really look like they were fully into the game until they got themselves going in the third period. But the Devils, you know, with a lot of resilience and being down, you know, your top defenseman and still having guys step up to eventually win that game was absolutely, absolutely massive. So with the win. The Devils now move to 13, 15, and 5. So the Devils are still seven games below 500, but certainly in a better position than, than where they were a few days ago. So you look at the standings right now in the Metropolitan. We'll start with the Metropolitan Division. Currently, the Devils still sit at seventh place, but they are tied right now with the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Blue Jackets have the tiebreaker because they won the only time we played the Blue Jackets so far, which was back on Halloween night. Uh, we lost to them in the shootout, but we are currently tied with them right now for sixth in the Metropolitan Division with 31 points. And two of the next three games are against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So a big opportunity is going to be coming up this week against that team. We are a point behind the Flyers, who are in fifth place with 32 points. And we are 10 points behind the Pittsburgh Penguins for fourth place, where they have 41. And we are currently 15 points out of the top three in the Eastern Conference. But you look at the wild card standings. Right now, the Devils are tied with Columbus for, I guess you would say, um, the third spot just outside the wild card. But most importantly, the Devils currently sit just three points behind the Boston Bruins, interestingly enough, for the second wild card spot. So the Devils are going into their next matchup on Tuesday night in Boston against the Bruins 
with an opportunity if they can get themselves rolling to maybe steal two points on the road and get themselves just one point behind the Bruins and get themselves that much closer to getting back into a playoff spot. And it's crazy just to think about the fact that this team is, you know, they went through a six game losing streak and including myself, we all thought that the world was coming to an end and everything's kind of been settled a little bit or been relaxed a little bit now with a three game winning streak. And despite all of this, we're still very much in a, in a hunt uh, to make a playoff spot, which is really, really funny, but it's just great that the devil's been able to get two big, uh, three big victories in their last three games. And hopefully they can use those to propel themselves. I would love to see this team get on a major winning streak to get themselves rolling here. They really do need it, especially with even guys like Tomas Tatar that are still on the COVID protocol list um, to get them going. It's really, really important. And it's also important as well because you got Nolan Foote and Alexander Holtz who have been called up by the Devils. They were called up back, um, back on Saturday. They were called up to the taxi squad, just part of the team. And Alexander Holtz said that he's just really, really excited to be back. He's been watching every single game and he's looking forward to getting an opportunity to play some games in the NHL again this year. Nolan Foote, He's just really, really happy as well to be back in the NHL. He knows that uh, he didn't really do that well in the preseason, but he is looking forward to another opportunity here. He still has a lot of talent, one of our top prospects. It's exciting to see both of these guys back up here in New Jersey, and I'm looking forward to seeing them play. Could it be, you know, I, it's it's tough to say whether or not Nazardine will make changes to the lineup when the lineup he's had the last two games has won them both games, but we, we'll see what type of changes, if at all, we'll, uh, we get from the lineup. We'll see when Alexander Holtz and Nolan Foote get opportunities to play in these next upcoming games. But three-game winning streak going into the first full week of 2022 feels oh so good. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, thank the Lord, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prices all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week. At DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So the next thing that I wanted to quickly talk to you guys about is the potential that maybe, just maybe, the Devils could be in an outdoor game sooner rather than later. It really kind of starts with, we were hearing reports earlier this year, like back in the summer, actually, that uh, the NHL was very much interested in potentially uh, having an outdoor game of some sort in New Jersey. Now, the most obvious site, and we've, we've talked about this before, about potential places where the Devils could have an outdoor game, 
I would feel like the most likely place if the Devils are going to have another an outdoor game in Jersey would be at MetLife Stadium, considering that it's in East Rutherford and it's a big stadium with 50,000 plus people that you can fit in. I think it's that would be the most likely one. Um, what was interesting, because yesterday or January 1st uh, was the 2022 NHL Winter Classic between the St. Louis Blues and Minnesota Wild, which was an absolutely uh, tremendous game, you know, from start to finish, even though, that, you know, at one time it looked like a blowout. It was still a great game. The spectacle was great. It's the third coldest sporting event in North American sports history and the coldest hockey game in the in NHL history, which is absolutely tremendous. It, it was great to watch. I was really happy that I got the chance to do that. But going back to um, to the Devils, uh, we did see some other people mention over the last 24 to 48 hours that they feel that most likely the Devils and potentially either the Rangers or Islanders would play against one another in an outdoor game, whether that be a Winter Classic or Stadium Series game. It, it, it doesn't matter to me. Um, Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, usually during the Winter Classic, he makes an announcement about the next outdoor game or several outdoor games and also the uh, all-star game for 2023 for, for the next year. He did not mention anything like that, which I thought was kind of strange, but maybe it's not that big of a deal. Maybe also because of still the impact of COVID-19, they're not really sure, you know, about it, even though a year from now, a lot of things can change. Like we said the year before, but we'll, but we shall see. But I did see some people talk about the potential of a devil's outdoor game. I personally would absolutely love to see the Devils in another outdoor game. I think now with this young team that we have, a team that's on the rise with so much talent and so much opportunity to market themselves, I think it would be great. Um, whether we play the Rangers, the Islanders, or somebody else, um, and regardless of where it is in New Jersey, I definitely would do everything in my power to be at that game live. Um, but I would absolutely love to, to see that. So we'll, we'll see. I, I, I'm not going to give you a percentage and I don't want to try to get your hopes up that this could be the case, but I just thought it was something to kind of mention um, and let you guys kind of think about that. I also wanted to mention about the winter classic because for those of you that don't know, um, for those of you that don't, don't know, but most of you know uh, here at the hockey podcast network, we, we have a uh, YouTube channel, uh, THPN, which please go like, and subscribe. We'd really do appreciate it. We do a lot of live watch alongs where, you know, one of our, one of our, one of us hosts sit and watch a game and we watch it with you guys. We interact with you on the comments and everything. And we're live for roughly two and a half to three hours, every single time, depending on the game. Well, I had the pleasure of doing a live watch along of the 2022 NHL Winter Classic. And I knew that it was going to be a very, very big event. And I knew it was a good opportunity to get the Hockey Podcast Network out there more and more, get Devil's State of Mind out there more and more. And I am happy to announce at the time of this recording, that live watch along has been viewed 7,592 times. We have seven and a half, over seven and a half thousand views of that live watch along 72 likes and also we reached almost 60 new subscribers during those three hours that i was live and i just want to take them take a moment in case you know especially if anybody uh was there with me and watched with me and interact with me on that live watch along i just want to say from the bottom of my heart thank you guys so very much 
for for hanging out with me and showing your support. It means so much to me. I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd ever have a video that I was on where it reached seven and a half thousand people. Um, obviously, a lot of it has to do with it being the Winter Classic, but just the fact that we were able to get so many new subscribers, we're well over 700 into, we were, we were pretty close. We were about 17, 18 subscribers away from 700 at the start of that, um, of that live watch along. We are currently now at 728 right now. So again, I just want to say thank you guys so much really for helping me and supporting me when I do those live watch alongs. I'm going to be doing a lot more, obviously, as the season progresses. Um, but but really, I just thank you guys so much for all the support. It, it means the world to me. And I'm so lucky uh, and honored to be able to do those live watch alongs. And I love interacting with you guys. Um, so shout out to all of you guys that watched. Shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network for giving me the opportunity with the Devil State of Mind podcast and also these live watch alongs. And also... Please make sure you go like and subscribe to the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel where we post daily live watch-alongs of NHL games, not just with myself, but all the hosts throughout the Hockey Podcast Network. Punch that notification bell as well so you don't miss any new live watch-alongs that we do. All of that and also the Devil State of Mind podcast are sponsored by the lovely people at DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure to use our promo code when you sign up, THPN. But again, guys, Thank you so very much for all of the support you guys have given me during these live watch-alongs. And if you haven't had a chance to go watch the replay, please do so. And if you're there, make sure to leave a like and subscribe, like I said before. It really, really does help out me, and it certainly helps out the channel. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the most exciting part, other than obviously the Devils winning some games, but a very exciting part of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. It's the last thing I wanted to talk about. Um, I mentioned this several weeks ago. Uh, we at the Devil State of Mind podcast reached over our first th a thousand uh, followers on Twitter, which is absolutely crazy. Again, to think about where I started and where I am now, we are currently at 1,084 followers on Twitter. And I decided with myself, like I did when I reached 500 subscribers, when I did that Miles Wood autograph puck giveaway that I was going to do another giveaway to show my appreciation to you guys, the fans and interact with you more and more. And yesterday on January 1st, I was happy to announce that we are officially doing a 1,000 Twitter follower giveaway. This one is an autographed puck from your captain himself, Nico Heischer. And I want to say shout out to Sports Minded Unlimited Memorabilia, who I'm very good friends with. The LaBeouf family are tremendous people. Emily who has been on the podcast. If you haven't seen the episode, please go check that one out. Um, she was very, very kind to sponsor this and support and uh, give us an opportunity to give away a puck to one of you lucky fans. So here's what you got to do to give yourself an opportunity to win this autographed Nico Kishir puck. First, you have to retweet the pin tweet that I have on Twitter at Devil State, which shows the... Um, which shows the giveaway. The second thing you have to do is make sure that you are following the Devil's State of Mind Twitter account at Devil's State. I will not pick you if you are not following. You got to follow all the rules. You also have to tag two friends as well. We currently have already about almost 50 retweets, 
many, many likes. A lot of people have also already uh, tagged some people. You have until January 7th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time to get in on this contest. And then a day or two later, I will announce the winner on all of our social media platforms. You can also get in on this action. If you don't have a Twitter, that's okay. You can get in on this action as well by following us on Instagram at Double State of Mind, tagging two friends and sharing the giveaway on your story. And you also make sure you have to tag me as well so I can see it and share on the social media as well. So again, we are doing a 1,000 Twitter follower giveaway right now of an autographed puck from the captain, Nico Heeshear, sponsored by our awesome friends at Sports Minded Unlimited. And you have until January 7th, 2022 at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time to get in on this. You got to retweet this post. You got to follow Devil State of Mind on Twitter at Devil State, and you have to tag two friends. So get in on this before it's too late, because you may have an opportunity to get an autographed puck from Nico Heeshear.